Today we hear about a Cambridge company that can actually grow human liver cells. The cells are used to see if new drugs are harmful. There's even a possibility for organ replacement in the future. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. In this section called Scientists at Work, we talk to people who, for some reason or another, find themselves working, researching or thinking about science in Cambridge, England. From the Nobel Prize-winning work of the University's Sir John Gurdon, called Definigen, and they're based at the Babraham Research Campus. Company CEO, Dr. Marcus Yeo. What does Definigen do? Definigen is a new Cambridge startup. We are a biotechnology company based on technology developed at the University of Cambridge. Key founders are key clinicians and stem cell scientists based at Adam Brooks. And effectively, the company has been developed to produce optimised human cell products for the drug discovery and the regenerative medicine sectors. And the fundamental goal is to produce cell products that can produce safer and more effective therapies for use in humans. We got into this story, something to do with stem cells. Explain what that was all about. The first point to make is that we're not using embryonic stem cells. So you may have noticed in the news recently, a chap called Yamanaka, along with John Gurdon of Cambridge, won the Nobel Science Prize. Oh, yeah. And effectively, what we're doing is taking adult human cells, in this case, uh, fibroblast cells, and somewhat miraculously, you can insert cancer-causing genes, oncogenes, and turn those cells back into your own stem cells. And from that position, you can then drive them forward to different cell types including liver cells, and that's a primary focus of this company because liver cells are, one, liver disease and treatment is a massive healthcare market, huge amount of liver disease in the population, and also liver toxicity is the major cause of attrition of drugs, i.e. the failure of drugs to reach market because the liver is the central organ of drug metabolism. So it's crucially important that we can test therapies potential drugs on good quality human liver cells to ensure that they're safe. You said you started with these fibroblasts. Why the fibroblasts? It's a generally recognised way to obtain tissue samples from humans, from patients. However, there are moves afoot where you can take blood samples and take the blood cells from them and turn them back into stem cells. And ultimately, you can do it for most adult cell types. But you select your starting material based on availability and consent from patients. And you turn the fibroblasts into liver cells? They go back to the stem cell state. And stem cells have two key properties. One is that they can form any cell type in the body. And two, that at least theoretically, they can replenish. And you can get a theoretically limitless source of cells. So how do you kick this stem cell into turning into a liver cell instead of a toenail? Well, our, <laughs> our particular process is to mimic key developmental stages that you would see in, in development of, of the human embryo, for example. So we use a defined chemical cocktail where you're adding some of the growth factors that you would get in normal mammal development. And so you push these stem cells into a certain route of development. What you can say is that ultimately, early in human development, you get the formation of three germ layers. And from those three germ layers, 
all the organs and all the cell types of the body are formed. Okay. So stage one is to get to the correct germline stage for your particular application, your area of interest. And from there, you continue to add a defined cocktail to push and drive these cells, they call it differentiation, into, in our case, liver cells. And we also have a particular interest in pancreatic cells because, of course, there's really an explosion of diabetes, both in particularly in developed countries, which is going to become, we believe, one of the biggest healthcare markets in the sort of next 10 or 20 years. So we've got an interest in liver cells and pancreatic cells. So somewhere I'm expecting to see a factory where you are making the liver cells on a huge scale? Yes, we are liver cells. The main cell type in the liver are hepatocytes, which contain a lot of the drug metabolism enzymes, which are absolutely crucial because they help us flush drugs. And so they cleanse the body system. So hepatocytes are the key cell type in removing toxicity from the body. And therefore, they're of particular relevance to, to human health. If these liver cells are used for testing toxicity of drugs, is there something ironic about the fact that these particular cells are good at removing drugs? That would imply that they're, they're kind of like the, the frontline troops, is it? They are, and you know, as unfortunately we found in, in the general population, once your liver ceases to work, you go downhill incredibly quickly. And I believe that liver failure is one of the major causes of admission to A&E, and that can come from really simple things, obviously alcohol abuse, but taking prescription drugs, some of which the effective dose is very close to the toxic dose and can very quickly impact on the liver's efficacy. And in a very short space of time, of course, you can't detox effectively. And so toxins build up in your system and they cause damage to your cells and organs. And that process really doesn't take too long. And so it's fundamentally important to have good first-line defences and have very functional liver cells. What's the benefit to a drug company in having liver cells? The goal of drug companies is to take treatments to market and those treatments have to be both safe and effective. And if they do that, then the drug companies can, of course, make substantial profits. One of the issues in drug discovery recently is they're becoming far less profitable and that's because fewer and fewer compounds are reaching the clinical trials phase and when they do there are significant attrition rates which means that these drugs are found to have damaging properties in terms of toxicity or there just isn't sufficient effectiveness to justify continued investment. By the time you get to late stage clinical trials drug companies will have invested perhaps several hundred million pounds. As you might theorise if they keep doing that they become less profitable and that ultimately impacts on the therapies that are available to benefit the patient. So there's a a huge debate within drug discovery in the medical sector about how to improve the efficiency of the drug discovery process to benefit companies and patients downstream of that. So there's a real push to have more effective and perhaps the key word to use is predictive mechanisms to test whether potential drug therapies are effective and have suitable and acceptable toxicity profiles, i.e. they're not particularly toxic to the human body. Our goal and our aim is to provide them with the human cells so they can test their compounds early in the drug discovery process to establish the safety and the efficacy of these potential drug drug therapies. The the key issue is Mm -hmm. they cannot get hold of the human liver cells to effectively test the drugs on because there's a fundamental limiter. What you would like to do, ideally, is test human liver cells on various drug compounds to see the potentially toxic effect. 
But the issue is, it's incredibly hard to get hold of liver cells because they're effectively a byproduct from biopsies and surgeries. So incredible lack of availability. And of course, when you can get the cells, the quality is erratic because they've come from patients who may have medical conditions because you can't chop out healthy liver, understandably. So there's a real fundamental limiter. And the big limitation with regards to drug development is they cannot source high quality liver cells to undertake sufficient testing of their drug compounds. And so that's a space that we're going to push into. How do we get good quality liver cells? Well, what about somebody who's just died in a road traffic accident? So we go and get them and then whip out their liver. Well, I mean, you've still got the issue of donor consent, haven't you? We've always had that issue. The amount of of material that, that is donated and available for use is incredibly low. And our key issue is that if a donor was available with a healthy liver... That would be used in transplant. So sure. it would always be effectively pushed into transplant because there were long transplant waiting lists for, for liver transplants. And so any good donor would be used in that. Okay, and there's see. no getting around that. If we do get this human donor liver, if we were lucky and just slapped it down. Mm. You're saying we are not able to culture that liver. And, and take a line off it. Liver cells die off very quickly. They de-differentiate, so, so they lose their specific functions fairly quickly. So that's a very limited window of use of these organs, which imposes huge demands on the logistics process. And it's been a constant feature. They're just extremely hard to handle, very delicate, and they lose their properties fairly quickly. Oh. And what also happens, there's been a pragmatic solution, which is where drug companies use immortalised liver cell lines. But because they're immortalised, you could view them as cancer cell lines. They just propagate endlessly, but they have lost a lot of the liver-specific functionality. And of course, if they're so tough that they can just go on and on, then they're not going to respond appropriately to toxicity. So there are fundamental limitations with the cells that they're using at the moment. You're saying that the liver cells that you're able to generate are top-notch Proper liver cells, I know my purpose in life. They've got good functionality in comparison to what you would term primary human liver cells in terms of key performance characteristics. SIP activities, we have multiple SIP activities and SIPs are the key drug metabolism enzymes and other key markers we know are well expressed in our cells. And crucially, our cells tend to die off on a timeline that's very similar to primary human cells. So we know that they've got the functionality and the, and the effect, a layman terms might be the sort of life expectancy that we would expect with primary human liver cells. So as a package, they're very similar to primary human liver cells. So in drug discovery, obviously a, a series of compounds work their way through the drug discovery process and they go through preclinical, which is effectively lab-based testing and analysis. It goes into animals, unfortunately. And then these compounds go into human clinical trials. If they fail in late-stage clinical trials, which an increasing number are doing, that can cost hundreds of millions of pounds, and they've lost that investment, and that means that therapy won't benefit patients. So what drug companies are looking for is a way to determine, at an early stage, the safety and the efficacy of their potential drug therapies. We're all thinking, make my finger grow back, make my liver grow back. We have to be realistic. What you can say is that around the world, there, there were many groups now who can produce different stem cell derived cell types. So for heart cells, cardiomyocytes, liver cells, skin cells, kidney cells, skin cells, lung cells, neurons, of course. And there, there were several companies who were working on Alzheimer's and 
stroke and spinal cord injury, some of which have been in the news actually reasonably recently. And so you can say that around the world we're now at the stage where we can produce a lot of the cell types. But of course, in terms of the complexity of the human body, we have to organise those cells into distinct tissues. There's a hierarchy of complexity, which we're just starting to get into in terms of creating scaffolds that can bring different cell types into proximity and generate functional tissues. So it's happening, people are doing it, there's some success, but organising cell types into functional units is happening now, but it's very much a work in progress. What people are doing is using scaffolds. So you may have seen, there were amazing amount of technologies out there, but I'll pick a very simple one. You could, for example, take a pig tissue, and of course that is, in some ways it's similar to human in organ structure. You can remove the cells and you're left with a scaffold. So it's effectively a skeleton into which the cells were positioned and you can then reseed that scaffold yeah. yeah and repopulate that scaffold with stem cell derived cell types and they'll be in the appropriate proximity and they start talking to each other sending biochemical clues effectively to reseed that organ and that's something that will happen people have developed chemically derived scaffolds that can do the same thing so you're talking about skeletons that can effectively position cells so they talk to each other as they would in in the body in vivo and there's a lot of work going on at the moment and you are beginning to see if you trawl the academic literature research organizations and academic groups that, that have produced at least partly functional tissue types containing scaffold with different types of cells in them and they have a lot of the functionality that's associated with original tissue. Marcus how did you get into this? What, what fired you up? differentiating down the line of being a scientist undertook a phd in molecular biology and at that point i also started doing some technology transfer courses because i became aware that there weren't a huge amount of scientists who were both developing and transferring that knowledge into the commercial domain and the public domain so i knew that that was where my heart lay and i had an opportunity to join a an oxford biotech startup company which stimulated my desire to develop technologies these groundbreaking world-class technologies that can really have a social benefit and of course a commercial benefit that really fostered my ambition so the implication is you you have something which is really going to benefit us within a very short space of time yeah i think we're in a position now where our products can help drug discovery companies produce safer a more effective therapy, certainly now and in the next few years. And I believe in the next five to ten years, there'll be a sea change in the way we treat disease. And that will be in the form of cellular therapies, where we effectively take your skin cells, produce your stem cells and produce a cell type. So if you had a liver disease, we can produce your liver cells in a correct, perhaps a genetic mutation, and then reinsert those cells into your body, repairing that organ. That's some way away, but certainly there there will be big changes there in the next five to 10 years. It, It offers immense promise in terms of improving patient outcomes. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much, Marcus. That was Dr. Marcus Yeo of Definigen, and thank you. Here we are back in the studio. Chris, what do you think? If you could replicate any type of cell, what would it be? Um, oh, I would probably have to say brain cells because then they would help me finish my thesis faster. All right, Marcus, please help us with that one. That's pretty much all for today's show. Scientists at Work is made by the Science Show team on Community Radio, Cambridge 105. You can also find past episodes on the website, www.cambridge105.com. 
105.fm. You can also subscribe to future podcasts with the iTunes store. You can get in touch with us on the email science at cambridge105.fm or on Twitter at 105science. Till next time, it's bye from the Science Show team of Roger Frost and Chris Kreese. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. <laughs>